All right, good morning, everybody. We're going to go ahead and get started this morning. Uh, I know some folks are still coming on in, but uh, happy Christmas Eve. Uh, glad y'all are here. We get to be here this morning and this afternoon. I'm so excited. Uh, but my name is John. Um, if I don't know you, I'm the lead pastor at the church, and I just want to say welcome to all of you. I'm glad y'all decided to come out this morning because I know everybody's probably got a lot going on uh, throughout the next few days. I want to share briefly some things for you all to know this morning. Um, I think most of you probably got the memo that we do not have nursery or children's ministry this morning, so we'll have some kids in the service this morning, and they may make some noise, and that's all good. We'll do our best to, to get through all this and have some fun while we're doing it. Um, and so if you do need to step out of the sanctuary for any reason, um, you can go into the cafe, and the stream is going to be on the TV in there. If it's not loud enough, just turn it up on the TV and then also, uh, the nursery should be open, and for parents with little, small children, if you need to go in there for any reason, um, change a diaper, whatever, that kind of thing, or if you just your child needs to run around for a few minutes, um, then you're welcome to go in there um, and spend some time in the nursery if you need to. Um, also, we have a service tonight at 5 o'clock, and it will be our Christmas Eve candlelight service. Um, I'm not going to officially say Merry Christmas yet because we're still celebrating Advent this morning. So this is the fourth Sunday of Advent as well as when we're going to celebrate Christmas. So we're not going to jump to Christmas just yet. Um, we're going to celebrate the fourth Sunday of Advent this morning and talk about love, which is what our fourth candle uh, represents. And so I'm looking forward to spending some time with you all and hopefully God can speak to us this morning. You know, this may feel like you know, a blip on kind of a lot of things you got to do uh, over the next uh, few days. And I encourage you to open your heart, um, open your mind, pray that God would speak to you in some way, whether it be through the music, through our prayers, through our communion, through our message. Um, but God is here with us, and I know God wants to do a work in our hearts this morning. Um, we do have uh, announcement sheets um, at our tables, and I encourage you to pick those up um, if you didn't. And then we also have Connect cards. Um, I love when y'all fill these out, especially those who are visiting. Love when y'all fill these out. Um, it, it always helps uh, to know who you are and be able to get in touch with you. So those are the main things I want to share as we begin our service this morning. Um, Lisa's going to lead us in a call to worship, and then I'm going to move over and grab my guitar. If you would please stand with us as you're able and join us in this call to worship. Oh, Lord, let my soul rise up to meet you. As the day rises to meet the sun, glory to the Father to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. 
Shout they spring, come and cheer our spirits by thine advent here. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and as dark shadows put to family to come up and y'all can remain standing for the lighting of our Advent candles for this morning. So we are on our fourth uh, candle and tonight at our Christmas Eve service at five we will light um, our Christ candle. Tonight they're going to light our fourth candle uh, which represents love. When the angel Gabriel visited Mary, announcing God's plan for her to conceive and give birth to the Messiah, Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? And yet only a few months later, Mary sings to Elizabeth, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. We, like Mary, hear God's call to be a part of making God's dream for our salvation and flourishing a reality. And we question, how can this be? I am only, yet, like Mary, the onlys that make us hesitate are gifts God can and will use as God's love transforms us into bearers of good news. We light these candles as signs of our shocking hope, our just peace, our fierce joy, and the love that transforms us. May love grow within us, transforming us into bold witnesses of God's salvation with our voices and our lives. Amen. We need people like uh, Dustin in our church. What we're going to do now is we're just going to, something we do every week, if you're new to us, then maybe you've never experienced this before, but it's, we call it our time of gratitude and lament, and what we do is just turn to a couple of people around you, introduce yourself, share your name, and then we share something we're grateful for, 
And then if you also have something that you want to lament or something that's not so good in your life that you need to share with the group, then you can do that as well. Um, but let's just take a moment, uh, turn to a couple people around you, share something you're grateful for. If you have a lament, you can share that also, but y'all can have a seat and do that. I'll call you back together in just a moment. All right, if y'all want to take maybe uh, 30 seconds, a minute more, make sure everybody's got a chance to share, and then we'll uh, continue on in our worship this morning.
So I invite you all to stand as you're able this morning as we continue to worship and sing these songs over one another as we remind one another about the kind of God that we worship, the kind of God that is available to us, that is reaching out to us, that walks with us through the most broken times in our lives, a God who is always greater. We're going to sing a, God that, a, a song that affirms uh, the kind of God we believe in. Refuge for the poor, a shelter from the storm, this is our God. He will wipe away your tears, return your wasted years. Is our God. Oh, oh, oh. This is our God. A father to the orphan, a healer to the broken. This is our
So we're going to have a, a brief time of prayer. Um, if you'd like to join me at the altar this morning, then you're welcome to come kneel at the altar if you like that kind of posture for prayer. If you prefer to stay in your seat, that's totally fine as well. Um, but I'm going to kneel here at the altar, and we're going to just spend a, a brief moment in prayer, and then we'll close together um, by saying the Lord's Prayer um, as we're done. So if you'd like to come forward, you're welcome to now. But let's just take one moment to kind of breathe a few times and Settle our minds and our bodies and our spirits as we enter into this time of connection with God. Lord, we come to you this morning, and, and Lord, it's such a gift. It's such a gift to come and gather with each other to sing these songs to you and to sing them over one another, to, to come here and feel uh, some measure of peace in our spirits, to come to church and feel the warmth and encouragement of our, our friends and, and, and new folks that we're meeting and just all the folks this morning, God, it's just such a gift to, to be here. And I'm grateful, Lord, for this rhythm that you have established for us really since the beginning of coming together weekly spending time together in worship and connecting with you. Lord, this is a lifeline for me, and I know it is for many others. And God, we're just so grateful that you are here among us when we come and, and gather in your name. God, we thank you that you are a refuge for those who are suffering, that you are peace for those who are experiencing anxiety and stress, that you are a comfort to those who are sad, that you are there with us, Lord, that you're a friend to those who feel lonely. And God, I know this time of year, for, for a lot of us, it's like a mixture of lots of different emotions. We, we feel some joy and gratitude, and, and many of us feel just good during Christmas, but, but on the other hand, uh, we're also often carrying a lot of heavy burdens. 
Um, the pain of grief is more pronounced during this time of year, and, and God, we feel those losses uh, more than ever. And God, I know that many people in our community have lost so many folks over the last even weeks and months and years, and, and God, they're, they're with us here today, and we feel feel their presence, and we know, God, that, that they, many of them are, are now part of that great cloud of witnesses that is cheering us on and, and helping us in our faith as we seek to follow after you. But God, I pray you would be a comfort and a friend to us, and you would help us, Lord, to have the courage to make space for all of it, to make space for the, the joy and the light and the goodness, and also make space for the grief and the darkness and the struggles, um, and to, we could hold it all during this season and that ultimately we would come through it feeling closer to you, that we would feel more loved by you and feel that you are with us in our time of need. God, on my heart this morning is uh, many of the Christians that yesterday uh, worshipped uh, online uh, in Bethlehem and broadcast their service all across the world, um, a service of lament in this Christmas season about what is happening in their land and, and what is happening to their fellow Palestinians in Gaza and just the, the way that war is just destroying lives. And God, we join with them in their lament this morning. We join with them and pray for them that you would continue to instill courage in them as they continue to try to share the light of Jesus in a very dark and broken and, and difficult time that they're living in. Lord, we uh, just ask God that you would be with us as we continue on in this worship service as we continue on trying to, to grow closer to you and to learn from you. God, as we reflect on love and reflect on the beauty of love, but also the challenges of love, as we reflect on good and beautiful things and also harder things this morning, we pray, God, that your spirit would be speaking to us and that we would leave here changed, that we would leave here looking more like Jesus. Lord, we need you so much. We need you so much. Now we join together and pray this prayer that Jesus taught us, his disciples, to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. So before I share this morning, I just want to remind you all of a couple of things. Some of y'all came in um, after I shared some announcements this morning. But we do have a Christmas Eve candlelight service tonight at 5. This service is different from that one uh, because we really wanted to honor the fourth Sunday of Advent um, and celebrate that together this morning. And so this morning we're focusing on the fourth Sunday of Advent. And then tonight we're going to be um, doing the Christmas Eve candlelight service. We'll sing lots of Christmas carols and We'll light the candles and all the things. It's going to be a lot of fun. And so I'm looking forward to seeing y'all tonight at 5 if you're able to come. Um, if not, that's all good. We'll be broadcasting it on Facebook Live and all that. So you'll be able to connect um, through that as well if you can't get out later tonight. And then I think that's all the, the main things I need to share with you today. So I'm going to read our scripture this morning. It comes from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. This is our, our, actually our lectionary text for this morning, and we're going to focus on that text today, and then um, I'm going to share a few words with you all. 
In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, And the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. That's my child crying right now. When he says mommy, daddy, he wants both of us, not just one of us. (laughs) So our candle for this morning uh, represents love. And we've kind of taken the traditional uh, things that these candles represent this year, and we've spent some time reflecting on each of them, on hope, peace, and joy, and love. And for me, it's been a little bit challenging to reflect on these ideas because, you know, when we're going through hard times or we're experiencing deep darkness like our world is experiencing right now and like many of us are experiencing in our lives, it's kind of hard to hold on to hope. It's hard to believe in peace. It's hard to have joy in our lives, and it's certainly hard to love. And it's even hard to feel loved in these moments. But we're doing it. We're preaching on this stuff anyway. You know, in a way, love is like really easy to preach on, right? Like, I love to talk about love. I talk about love more than probably any other thing in my sermons over the last uh, 10 years of being here. Our scriptures, our faith tradition, our songs, our prayers, our liturgies, our understanding of God, all of it is like bathed in love. It's love, love, love. It's all love. All throughout the Bible, everywhere, all times, all places, love is everywhere. And so in a way, it's like easy to preach on love because this is something that's all throughout our scriptures. But also, love is also hard to talk about. One reason is because love is kind of played out, right? It's, it's been talked about so much. And there have been people who have come before me who have said much more eloquent and poetic things about love than I could ever dream to say. And so it's already been talked about so much. We have songs about love. Love is everywhere. And so it's a bit hard to think, like, what new idea on love can I offer this morning? I want to share another reason it's hard for me right now to preach about love. This may be one of my most personal sermons that I preach, um, but I feel like I wanted to share it with you all. I've learned some hard lessons about love recently. I've learned that love is risky. I've learned that love is very painful. And I've learned that love is even tragic sometimes. To decide another, to love another person with your whole heart, with your whole being, with all that you are, is one of the most risky decisions you could ever make in your life. 
my decision to love has truly broken my heart. Many of you all know back in 2021, my wife and I became foster parents. And as many of you know, our first foster son chosen, and I'll show you some photos of him because he's beautiful, beautiful baby boy. Um, Chosen passed away last year in August um, in 2022 um, at just 18 months old. You know, during our foster care training, I remember our facilitators um, who were teaching us about foster care, they emphasized over and over and over how hard it was going to be to be foster parents. And I believed them, and part of me thought, like, y'all are really saying this too much, right? Like, they talked over and over how hard it was going to be. I knew it was going to be hard. I believed them, but I never imagined it would be as hard as it has been. Some, Some people warned us about getting too attached to the children. Because the initial goal, right, is always that they're reunified with their birth parents, and that is good. They aren't supposed to stay with you forever. So I thought about trying to guard my heart to try to keep some distance. I thought maybe I could just love with like three quarters of myself and reserve a quarter to protect my heart, right, from being hurt. Because I knew that if I gave myself fully to this experience, if I loved, uh, let myself love a child with my whole heart, then I risked being hurt. I remember the day we got a call. Um, A six-day-old baby named Chosen was at the hospital, and he needed a home. Laura will tell you, when we got that call, she she texted me and said, John, come upstairs. We got a call, and I just froze. (laughs) I didn't move. She had to come find me because she's like, I knew you probably were just scared to death, and I was. I didn't move. I was so scared. I didn't know, like, what this would entail. You know, it was one thing to say we're going to sign up to be foster parents, but when you get the call, it's like, Oh, here we go. I don't know anything about this. I don't know how to raise a baby. I don't know anything about anything related to this stuff. Um, but here we go. And so I was very scared, but then Laura came down, and we talked, and, and, and she was there with me, and I knew that we could do it together, and we said yes. I wasn't quite sure in that moment what saying yes meant, right? I didn't know what all that would entail. And even after all that we've been through, I'm still grateful that we said yes. The day I met Chosen, my heart connected to his, and there was no turning back. There was no three-quarters love. It was all. It was all of me. He was my son in that moment, and I loved him. He was reunited with his birth mom after four months of being with us. And when he left our home in July of 2021, I was devastated. Um, Daily for weeks, I wondered how he was doing. I wondered whether he was okay. I wondered if he felt loved. I worried that he was wondering where we were. I wondered if he was confused, and I felt like in that moment, like I lost my son when he was reunited with his mom. I felt happy for her um, that she had this reunification, but it was also really sad for me and for Laura because we, we loved him and we missed him, and I never imagined that I would have to grieve the loss again when his life was cut way too short, and I miss him so much, and I will always love him. You know, making the decision to love Chosen with my whole heart, was the hardest decision of my life probably. Um, Not because of him, he was easy to love, but because I knew that my heart could be broken. Many of you all have probably heard the song Hallelujah that was written by Leonard Cohen. Jeff Buckley, an artist, recorded it at one point, made it very popular at that point. But it's become like a beloved song in our country. And one of the lines that's always stood out to me is he says, love is not a victory march. It's a cold and it's a broken Hallelujah. And for me, like, I believe love is beautiful, 
But love is all too often very painful and very tragic. You know, during this time of year, I always spend time reflecting on the life of Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary got a call from the angel Gabriel asking her to be the mother of Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. And when Mary said yes, she wasn't quite sure what she was saying yes to. Though she knew that she was saying yes to loving her Jesus with her whole heart. She was committing her life to loving him fully and to being there for this child, this baby, and walking with him through all the different stages of his life. It was the most important and I would say the most devastating decision that Mary ever made. This week I've been thinking about Mary's like fierce and unrelenting love that she had for Jesus. I'm confident that Mary loved Jesus more than any other human on this planet. And any other human has ever loved Jesus on this planet. He was her son from her womb, bearing her features. She was near to him his entire life, loving him at his birth, and she was there at his tragic death. And I tried to imagine the fear that she felt when she heard that Herod wanted to kill her baby. And the courage that she had then to pick up her life and flee to another country with her family to protect her child. There was a moment in Jerusalem when Jesus was just 12 years old. It was during Passover. Passover was a big religious time in Jerusalem. It was also a dangerous time in Jerusalem. There was a lot of violent uprisings that happened during Passover in Jerusalem. And what happened is Jesus got, dis- he got separated from his family. And as a mother of a 12-year-old, she could not find her child for three whole days. Imagine the fear that she had. Imagine the worry. She was so afraid, panicked. I imagine frantically trying to find her son. And she found him then at the temple. And in that moment, she saw Jesus in the temple and he had no worry in his heart. He said, this is where I'm supposed to be. In that moment, I'm, like, I'm, I'm sure Mary realized that she wouldn't be able to hold on to Jesus forever. That Jesus had a purpose and a mission, a path that he had to travel alone. Her love for him was so strong that I'm sure she wanted to cling to him. But she had to let Jesus go in that moment, which must have been one of the most painful days of her life. As Mary became a young adult, or as Jesus and Mary grew up together, really, she was young when she had him, but as Jesus became a young adult, his life became so chaotic, and Jesus' life became very terrifying. His popularity soared, But with that popularity came opposition. I've been thinking, I read a biography of Dr. King this year, and and just the way when his popularity grew, his life became very fragile, and his life became very dangerous. People in his life who loved him tried to tell him to stop what you're doing, stop pushing so hard, stop doing this because you're going to get yourself hurt. But he had a purpose and a mission. And Jesus had a similar purpose and mission. He was threatened and harassed and always in danger. And imagine Mary. She probably wanted to control Jesus. She probably wanted to tell Jesus, tone it down. Like, please, lay low. Like, your life is fragile here and I don't want to lose you. But she knew she couldn't. Because Jesus had a purpose and a mission that was beyond her even. Yet she stayed near to him anyway, as hard as it was to see her son suffer. In the final hours of Jesus' life, he was arrested, wrongfully arrested. He had trumped up charges. He was convicted in court and sentenced to death in the middle of the night. And Mary had no power to stop it. She was there with him as he breathed his last breath on the cross. 
And then on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead. Now I want you to try to imagine the excitement and disbelief and what that sweet reunion was like when her son appeared to her after rising from the dead. But then after just a few short days, he left again and he ascended up into heaven, promising one day to return. And for the rest of Mary's life, she carried Jesus with her in her spirit, remembering him with joy and grief, with sweet memories and bitter sadness. Mary took the risk to love Jesus, and she suffered greatly because of that choice, but her life was changed, and the whole world was changed through these acts of love that she showed. I learned something new about Mary this year. I'd never noticed this in the story that we just read, but in the story, the angel of Gabriel appeared to Mary, and the text tells us that Mary was greatly troubled. Now, there is a Greek word that means troubled, and that is used to describe the way Elizabeth felt when she found out, uh, her family found out about their son that they were going to have. But Mary, it says, they used a different word, and it means greatly troubled. It's just a way to say that she was really disturbed. She was distressed. She was overwhelmed. She was terrified. And then the angel then tried to tell her some things that maybe she might want to hear. You know, he's like, you are the, the mother of the coming Messiah. You're, everything's going to go. It's going to be awesome for you, Mary. This is a big deal. Maybe to try to help her, like, feel a little bit more peace, right, about this decision. But she was probably even more troubled. The angel then, Gabriel, tried, he made seven pronouncements to Mary to try to help her to say yes. So you are highly favored. Your son's going to be great. He's going to even sit on a throne. He's going to have a kingdom that's never going to end. Say yes, Mary. This is awesome. But Mary wasn't convinced until the very end. And the thing that seems to convince Mary to say yes is when Gabriel tells her that her relative Elizabeth is also miraculously pregnant and that Elizabeth is going to bear another son who is also going to be great and be called by God. When the young Mary learned that her relative Elizabeth would also be going through a similar situation, she then had the courage to say, yes, I'll do it. Even though the stakes were so high, the road was so uncertain, the fear so great, Mary said yes, perhaps because she knew that another woman was going to share that suffering with her, was going to share that experience with her and all the challenges and all the stuff that goes along with it, she knew she wouldn't have to face it alone. The darkness around us is so great right now. Through Advent, we've been talking about this theme of illuminating the darkness. We are facing incredible challenges and loss and suffering. And love can illuminate the darkness. Love can be a glimmer of light into the darkest of situations. Yet we know that love is so hard. Love is risky. And it's going to eventually mean suffering and pain. It will be that way for all of us if we truly choose to love with our whole hearts. But the beautiful thing is about this story, it teaches me that we aren't meant to love alone. That we have each other. As we face uncertain futures, let us choose again and again to love over and over. Leaning into one another, trusting in the power of love to transform and illuminate the world and the darkness around us. I truly have come to believe that love is never wasted, that any act of love is bringing God's spirit and God's light into some kind of dark situation 
and has the potential to transform and change the trajectory of our world. So I encourage you all to continue to follow in Mary's example and have the courage to show up. Have the courage to step out in faith and continue to open your heart and your life to others, trusting that you got other people with you um, on that journey. I'm going to sing a song. Uh, Lisa and I and Laban's going to play with this as well. We're going to share a song with you before communion. And it's a song I came across this week, and it's called Mary's Lullaby. And there's actually some other songs with that same title. But it's a song written from the perspective of uh, imagining uh, a song that Mary might sing over her son, Jesus. And I just think it's a beautiful song. So we wanted to share it with you. And, and the words will be on the screen as we go through it so you can follow along. But I encourage you as we sing this just to try to put yourself in Mary's shoes and imagine the love that she had for Jesus. And as I sing this, I imagine the love that I have for my sons and, and the love that I feel in my heart. And, and hopefully we can see more and more that Mary is a, a, a powerful woman. And Mary was a woman who had so much courage. And I've really been drawing from, from her spirit and her inspiration uh, this week. Black-haired boy, your eyes are dark As midnight lit by shining stars As bright as love that filled my heart When first I looked at you Your skin is brown as pilgrim roads Laid straight through fragrant olive woods As brown as mine and I'm in awe each time I look at you, you made the ox and lamb my love and shaped the wings of turtle doves. You wrote the hidden secrets of the world I'll show to you. Within my body, you took form and wailed aloud. As I can and watch 
you grow into a man as long as i can hold your hand i'll walk the world with you and you'll lead me to god's own heart where all these wonders have their start but here within the stable dark i'll be going to share communion this morning, and we uh, do this every week at Embrace, and I'm grateful we get to share communion on this fourth Sunday of Advent, on this Christmas Eve, because not only are we reflecting on the birth of Christ, but we really are looking at the entirety of who Christ was and what his life represented for us, because Christ was born into this world with a mission and a purpose to initiate this wonderful story of, of redemption. When Jesus was born, we believe that God's spirit was let loose in this world, and the world has never been the same. So we come to the table of communion, in many ways experiencing some of that grief alongside Mary and those who suffered and, and grieved the death of Jesus and all the challenges that he would face, but we also come with that joy because we know that Jesus is alive that Jesus is alive in our hearts and his spirit is moving throughout this world, working to make all things new. So if y'all would bow your heads just for a moment. God, thank you so much for being with us this morning. We thank you that you are here. We thank you that your this wonderful and powerful spirit is moving among us. And we thank you, Lord, that, that as we gather together in worship, we can make space for the, the joyful and the, the, the wonderful feelings that we have and also for the harder emotions and the the pain and the grief that we deal with. And we're grateful that you can enter and you want to enter into all of it, bringing uh, just peace and, and goodness into our hearts and lives. We thank you for communion and this opportunity we have to come here and to meet you in a fresh and uh, an exciting way, Lord, as we eat this bread and drink this juice that we are really experiencing your presence in our hearts and in our lives. And we pray that, Lord, as we share communion, that you would bring a sense of, of hope into our spirits, that you would bring a sense of peace into our bodies and minds, that you would bring a sense of joy into our lives, and you would bring ultimately a sense of love, that we know that we are loved by you, and that we are also empowered to take the courage, to have the courage to boldly love those in our lives. Lord, we need you so much. Pour your Holy Spirit out on this bread and juice and whatever those Folks at home have set aside for this purpose that this would be for us the body and blood of Christ. We need you so much. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite those who are helping me serve communion to come on up to the front. Here at Embrace, uh, we take communion by, you'll form two lines down the center aisle. As you come forward, I encourage you to have your hands open to receive the bread. 
Your server will rip off a piece of bread for you, and they will also dip it in the cup for you uh, just to limit passing of germs and place it in your hand. Um, then you can, there's Kleenexes if you need that. You're welcome to kneel at the altar and pray. We do have gluten-free options if you need that. And we also have some prepackaged elements in the back. If you would prefer not to be so close uh, to one another in the line, then you're welcome to go to the back and share communion there. Um, everybody's invited to join us for communion. You don't have to be a member of our church. You don't have to have God figured out or anything like that. Uh, Jesus, we practice an open table because we believe God's hands are open to you. Just give me a moment to uh, get it all prepared, and then I'll invite you up in just a moment. for those who are cast down illuminate the shadow be a refuge in the
you all to stand as you're able for the benediction. It's been a gift to be here with you all this morning. I do want to invite you if you want to come back for our candlelight service. It'll be at five o'clock this evening and it should be a beautiful and, and joyful time together as we reflect on truly Jesus's light entering into the darkness and there'll be lots of ways to reflect on that this evening. But thank you all for being here this morning. If you need anything or if you'd like to pray or talk um, this morning, I know I wasn't available during communion, so I'd be happy to do that after the service is over. Just come find me. But uh, prepare your hearts to receive the benediction. May the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Amen. Go in God's peace. We'll see you next time.